Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center, where the Sacramento Kings beat the Warriors tonight by a final of 112 to 94. 888 957 888-957-9570. If you want to weigh in with thoughts on this one, uh, an ugly kind of a night for the Golden State Warriors, Whitey. A night where they shoot four of 28 from three point range. They never led in the ball game, trailed by 12 at the half. They did cut it down to four at two different junctures of the third quarter, but it never really felt like uh, they were much of a threat to uh, a Sacramento Kings team, which I think is actually indicative of of where the Warriors are for this 2019-20 season. You look up at the Kings, and the Kings are a disappointing 24-33 and at the end of the night tonight. Uh, but you go almost player for player uh, among the players that they are currently putting on the floor compared to the players that the Warriors are putting on the floor. And really, with the exception of Andrew Wiggins and maybe tonight Marquise Chris, who played very well, the Kings have a better player at every other spot on the court all night long, and that adds up to the outcome that, that we saw tonight. Yeah, I there's some kind of strange dynamic at work when these two teams play this year. And to your point, obviously the Warriors are not very good right now. But the lineup that they had uh, at times tonight, you could see very challenged offensively. Uh, so I know that, but you look at the muddled mass towards the bottom of the Western playoff picture. you got a number of teams there. Memphis is trying to hang on. Uh, look at some of these teams. The Warriors have beaten uh, Memphis, right? They've yeah. beaten New Orleans twice. Portland. They've beaten Phoenix. They've beaten Portland. They're 0-3 against the Kings, and the games have not been close. And you talked about the three-point shooting in three games now. Uh, the Kings in these three games against the Warriors are 38 of 82, 46%. 
And the Warriors in three games against the Kings are 15 for 79, 19%. I mean, the number tonight, 428, 14.3%. You just don't see numbers like that. No, no, you, you really don't. And it was another night where you go back to January 6th and the Warriors missed their first 17 three-pointers. Yeah. Well, at halftime tonight, the Warriors were one for 17. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in back-to-back games at some point during the game, the Warriors have been one for 17 from three-point range. Yeah, of course, the tricky thing about the Warriors is you can take any three of their games this year, and it could be basically a different lineup in each one of them. Um, so tonight, no Draymond Green. Uh, Marquis Chris, as you said, played uh, very well. Pascal had his moments. It was interesting seeing Jordan Poole, who now is playing point guard, um, I think this may be the first time since he started playing point that he faced another point guard who had it in his mind to show him, I'm the better point guard than you. Uh, and De'Aaron Fox um, took Jordan Poole to lunch a time or two. Uh, Jordan Poole's final numbers were not terrible. He didn't shoot the ball well. But it was interesting to see another point guard say, hey, Rook, this is how we play point guard in this league. Yeah, and one of the stories of the night, uh, it, although the Warriors did wind up with more paint points uh, than Sacramento, it, it felt like a layup line uh, at times for the Kings. Mm-hmm. I mean, just mm-hmm. getting beat off the dribble, getting beat on cuts for layups. Uh, and, again, you never felt, even even though at times you thought, you thought when you looked up at the scoreboard, hey, the Warriors are, how's it a nine-point game? How's it a 12-point game? It, it almost felt like the I Warriors agree. were more in totally the game agree. just in terms of the score than they really were. But any time the Kings needed to do something in terms of offensively or, or getting a wide-open three, whether it would go down or not, Buddy Heald knocked down a few uh, at the top of the fourth quarter there to really put the ball game away. But it just felt like Sacramento was in complete control, even though at times you would look up at the score and go, oh, hey, the Warriors are kind of in this thing. Yeah, my math may be a little off on this, but I think the Kings would have won by about a zillion points if they just made a few free throws tonight. They were 19 of 34. Those were the only shots they weren't making tonight were their free throws. 888-957-9570, The loss for the Warriors sends them to their seventh consecutive defeat also their seventh consecutive home loss first time since the end of the 2000 2001 season so you got to go 19 years back on the calendar the last time the Warriors dropped seven consecutive home games so they have now done that if you go back uh, to what January the 22nd and 24th and then they had the long road trip they came back and played the Lakers and the Heat, and now have dropped three in a row here after the All-Star break on this homestand, which will conclude on Thursday with the Lakers in town. Yeah, it may not be realistic. It may not even be fair to expect much at this point from Dragon Bender and Juan Toscano-Anderson, but they both played, well, Toscano-Anderson played very well against New Orleans, and Bender had his moments, but neither player really was able to get much done tonight, although Bender... Let's see, he did have five rebounds, but he didn't score. And Toscano Anderson uh, followed up his 16-point game with only three points tonight, one of four shooting. I, I want to get into Jordan Poole a little bit, and, and, and maybe this is something we can get into with the callers as well. Did Jordan Poole play well tonight or not? No. Because I, I, I felt like, and you saw a lot of this, and I know Twitter is not uh, you know the, the greatest indication of, of the real world all the time, but there are a lot of people watching this game and, and, and columnists and reporters and people that know basketball watching the game, and I think there was a lot made tonight just scanning through uh, about 
boy, he's got, you know, he's able well, to Well, he made finish. a few good plays. Yeah, he made he, some nice plays. Boy, he's finishing, finishing, finishing. And I thought, man, yeah, he, he did have some finishes, and that is an area of his game, as you've mentioned and pointed out at, at, at a bunch of different times. You know, he does, if you take shooting out of it and, and just raw defense, he does other things pretty well, or at least has a nose for an ability to do other things, create for others, uh, he has gotten better finishing at the basket, but I in no way think he played well tonight. I mean, no. One of seven from three-point range, I mean, that's just not going to cut it. I don't care how well you do other things. And to your point on Fox, I mean, Fox just abused him. Yeah, and over I think— Over and over tonight. And it, I think De'Aaron Fox could, could smell a little bit of blood in the water. Right. Somebody that's a, you know, a, a new player, not used to playing that position, and definitely not at the point where he's a starting caliber point guard. And I think the key indicator there is the fact that Jordan Poole had five fouls, and that's not a reflection tonight that, oh, he was active on defense— it was a reflective of the fact that he couldn't keep up with De'Aaron Fox, and he was guarding Baysmore at times, too. He really struggled defensively tonight. Let's go ahead and get to the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he met downstairs in the Bill King interview room as the Warriors fall to the Kings tonight, 112-94, to their seventh consecutive loss, and uh, Steve Kerr addressed the media. What did you think about your team's start to this game and the difficulty of playing from behind? Uh, the turnovers killed us right away. You know, we, I think we had like seven turnovers in the first uh, maybe six, seven minutes of the game. They scored probably 10, 12 points off of those. And, uh, and that, was, uh, that had us kind of swimming upstream uh, for, uh, for the rest of the night. But I thought after that we settled down, did some good things. We just couldn't, uh, couldn't string together enough uh, enough uh, good offensive possessions to ever, uh, you know, really make a, a push. Hey, Steve, you had to be impressed with uh, what Marquise Chris did tonight. He had a pretty good game, and he continues to really look like a guy who's going to be a cornerstone maybe in your future. I, th- I thought Marquise was great again. He's uh, he's strung together a, a really good couple of months here for us, and uh, he's playing with a lot of energy and confidence and uh yeah, he was great again tonight. How was the three-point selection in this one? Some of them looked open. Was it just a rotten night? Yeah, just a tough night, four for 28. Um, I thought our guys did some some good things, uh, especially after the first quarter. We started to move the ball better. And second half, we had some great possessions, drive and kick, and uh, you know, got some, some open looks. Just one of those nights where uh, shots didn't go down. Steve Andrews obviously only been here still two weeks. How close do you think he is from knowing the system and where he needs to be offensively and defensively? Well, he knows uh, he knows our plays, you know. It, it, um, so that that's not an issue. Um, I think um, I think it'll uh, it'll be a big deal when Steph comes back, just so he can feel what it's like playing next to Steph uh, and Draymond together. So I think that's the bigger thing is um, you know. Playing next to the guys, he'll be, uh, he'll be, uh, you know, in the lineup with next year, uh, and I think he'll fit in nicely with those guys. So it's, um, it's, but he's he's doing a good job of, um, you know, executing the offense, and he knows what he's doing out there. Uh, but you know, we're we're, we're uh, shorthanded right now and as we get healthier I think uh, I think you'll see him fitting in uh, better uh, because he'll be able to to kind of fit uh, fit into his role Jordan Poole is finishing significantly better than he was maybe the first few months why do you think that is 
I think just typical rookie year. Uh, you know, you, you learn a lot as you go, and uh, the game slows down a little bit, and you just start to feel more confident. And uh, I think that's what I see with Jordan. He's just, uh, you know, he's gained a lot of confidence since the beginning of the year, and he's worked hard. So he's, uh, he's done a good job. All right, so Steve Kerr there uh, addressing, among other things, Jordan Poole's ability to finish at the rim tonight. He did have uh, one very nice finish in particular with the right hand on the left side of the basket. You made the point earlier, if uh, and we talked about it on uh, Warriors Live throughout the season earlier in the year. His shooting percentage from inside three feet was it was unbelievably low. So he has made strides there. Still struggles defensively. There's one number that really jumps out at me tonight. And I don't want to overreact to it because I know Andrew Wiggins. I like Wiggins. I like the trade. Uh, I mentioned on Warriors Live, we talked to Jerry Reynolds today. Jerry Reynolds uh, with the Kings used to be their GM and coach, and he says he thought it was a great trade for the Warriors. But Andrew Wiggins had no rebounds tonight. He was the only player who played at all for either team that didn't record a single rebound. Now, I know they want him to get out and run, so it's possible that he's leaking out a little early because that's what they want him to do. Perhaps that's contributing to uh, the low rebound totals. Uh, he's never been a great rebounder, but no rebounds tonight. To me, that really, that really kind of stood out. Yeah, it, it did. And, I, you know, tonight was the first game now as he has six games under his belt with the Warriors. Tonight was the first game where I filed it away as, well, I mean, look at who he's playing with. And, and, yeah. and, and I mean, and because I think, and he is almost in a unique position where, you know, if he does play well, you could say, well, that, that looks good for when he's playing with, you know, talented players. But I think what we've seen here these last couple of games, especially tonight, it just, there wasn't anybody on the court that you felt like was going to make a shot right. when they got the ball to help him out. I, I mean, thought... it, it felt like, hey, Wiggins had to do, and this is the one area where he's very different from D'Angelo Russell in that you, you feel, hey, D'Angelo Russell on a night like tonight might get you 40 just on his own. It feels like Wiggins, especially in the context of what the Warriors are asking him to do, he he's not going to be doing that. So at times he seems less aggressive. So the ball's just going to kind of keep moving and and finding whoever it's going to find. And on a night like tonight where the shots aren't going and you start looking around at the names and the jerseys of the players that are actually taking them and you're thinking, well, there's not a lot there to work with. So I, I find it hard to really hold Andrew Wiggins to the fire as, well, he didn't play well. I did think there were a number of times tonight where he was a little more aggressive offensively because he appeared to recognize, okay, it's going to have to be me here. He had, you know, six for 14 isn't is pretty mediocre, but I think he did recognize what you're talking about. I noticed a number of times tonight the Warriors ran their offense, you know, the draw and kick, dribble drive motion, and they would drive and then find an open shooter, but they just couldn't find anyone who wanted to shoot the ball. They didn't find any good shooters. They ran the offense, but you know, and, and so you end up with a little overpassing. And I think you know they they ended up scoring a little bit there at times off of that because uh, they were patient enough, and they did score thirty in the third quarter. But so often tonight it was a matter of running the offense, and you realize. Well, they don't want him shooting. Well, they don't want him shooting. So it's just a matter of at times they didn't have enough shooters on the floor, especially compared to the Kings, who obviously they have a number of pretty good shooters. All right. He's Wyatt Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Warriors dropped their seventh in a row. Kings beat the Dubs. 112-94. You heard it right here at 95.7 The Game.
Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason back here inside Chase Center. Kings beat the Warriors tonight, 112-94. Seventh consecutive defeat for the Warriors now is uh, not going to get any easier on Thursday night with hmm. the uh, team holding the best record in the Western Conference in here. The Los Angeles Lakers at 44-12. and 12. The Lakers beat the Pelicans tonight down in Southern California, 118-109. to 109. So the Lakers will come in to Chase Center on Thursday, Whitey, with a six-game winning streak. The Warriors losers now of seven consecutive games, uh, as I've mentioned. Now 7-22 and 22 on the home floor. Worst record in the NBA, also the worst home record. What do you think, J.D., Lakers, Pelicans? That's a, maybe a first-round playoff preview. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I, I know, and it's hard for me to, to grasp exactly who's going to wind up with that eight seed. I, I know a lot of people are high on the Pelicans because of their schedule, because they have Zion Williamson. Uh, I, I still think they're pretty bad defensively, and I, I need to see them make another jump. Like I, I could see Zion Williamson tweaking something in any game, and we've seen without Zion Williamson, they are – they're not very good. They're a different version of Phoenix or Portland or Sacramento or just not very good defensively, and and they just lose a lot of games to a lot of junk teams. So I'm not as sold that it's a lock that, oh, this is the Pelicans' you know, spot to go get uh, when you look at them uh, at 25 and 33, and, yes, three and a half games out, four in the loss column, but, I mean, they're a half game ahead of Sacramento. The Pelicans are at this point in, in, in time. So, uh, you know, the Pelicans without Zion or Sacramento, the Pelicans without Zion, if he something happens and he goes down or San Antonio or Portland, I, I can't definitively make that uh, distinction, you know, right now without seeing a little bit more and seeing them make a little bit of a, of a stronger push. Would the league love to see that? No doubt. Yeah. The league would love to see it. Yeah, I don't think anybody can really handicap this with any sense of confidence right now. I think it's going to come down to which team gets hot at the right time. New Orleans has been hot. They got cooled off a little bit by the Lakers. But uh, the, the, Sa- the Kings are hotter than Sacramento anybody. Sacramento team has won three in a row. Uh, or three, yeah, three the, in a row. The now. Kings are hotter than anybody yeah. in that group. If you go Memphis all the way down to, what, 13th with the Suns, if you want to include them, the Kings are 7-3 and three in their last 10, and that's the best record of any of those teams in the last 10 games. Uh, now, granted... Uh, the Pelicans are six and four uh, after their loss tonight, but uh, and the Kings are also, if you extend it out, they're nine and four in their last thirteen. Now let's say we don't know this would happen, obviously, but let's say Zion plays about as well as he's been playing through the rest of the year. If he does that, and if the Pelicans get in, do you think he deserves serious consideration for Rookie of the Year, or do you think he will not have played, would not have played enough games in that scenario? I think in all likelihood he will not have played enough games. If you had a vote, though, would you consider him or not because of that? Right now I would consider him a no, but I'm trying to project out. He would end up playing maybe 35 games, best case. If he ends up playing 35 games and, and they wind up, let's say, 10 games over 500 in the games that he plays, and that and they wind up, let's say, 41 and 41, and they make up the difference of what they were under 500 basically by getting him into the conversation and make it, then then I do think he deserves some consideration, yeah, I, especially when you consider he's he would at that point be taking John Morant's spot as yeah. well because the, the, the Grizzlies are currently the team in that spot. They have a little bit of a cushion. I think they have overachieved to this point, 
But if Zion and a half a great year of Zion overtakes Ja, uh, and Ja can't stop some of the bleeding of what the Grizzlies are going through right now, which has caused some slippage, then I, I do think it's a fair debate at that point. I just don't think we're there yet. Yeah. Oh, of course we're not. I don't think I would have a problem if that scenario were to unfold. I would not have a problem with Zion getting Rookie of the Year. Ja Morant's had a great year right now. It's it's yeah his award to lose. I'll tell you one thing that kind of hurts him in terms of an individual award consideration, John Morant. They play a very, uh, they share the ball a lot. They play a very democratic style there. Taylor Jenkins has the Grizzlies sharing the ball. Uh, Shot distribution is pretty equal. And that's actually kept his numbers down a little bit. His numbers are excellent, but he's only averaging, I think, just uh, under 18 a game. He might average more points than that in a different system. Uh, so the fact that he's been such a good team player ultimately might end up hurting him a little bit in uh, the rookie of the year balloting. But I think right now there's a very good chance he's going to win it anyway. Yeah, I, I think there is a very good chance. They also may be at a point now at, at 28 and 29 where and down Brandon Clark and down Jim yeah, Jackson Jr. Boy, they, they may be at a point now, though, tough where sledding for them. it's John Morant. Hey, hop on and, and it's time for the rookie to carry us a little bit if they are going to rise up and, and mm-hmm. you know, reach a point where they, they can withstand this. And they've got one of the more difficult schedules uh, among the teams. And I know, New Orleans one of the easiest. Uh, New Orleans one of the easiest. I think they were 29th. I think Portland and San Antonio are also in the 20s. The Kings are in the 20s in terms of, of strength of schedule. It the, changes the, game to game, well, of course. It, it does. The one oddity there, though, is, and I was having a conversation with, with somebody that covers the Kings, actually, before the game. And they were stating, well, the Kings only have eight games left, I I think it was, against teams above 500. Eight games. And I thought, well, that would have a little bit more validity if every single team that you're actually in the race with wasn't under 500. Yeah, right. (laughs) So so every time you play San Antonio or the Pelicans or the Blazers or the Grizzlies, as they are currently a game under 500, all of those most important games are all games against teams that are like you and teams that are under 500. So I, I think it's a little misleading when you factor in the fact that all of these teams, yeah, they got these easy schedules where they're all playing each other and they're all not good teams overall. Right. Where are you with Kavon Looney? Kavon Looney tonight, 14, we played about 15 minutes, two for six. He had five points, three rebounds. He had one really nice player for an and one. Um, and he still appears to be laboring. Of course, that's kind of his demeanor, right? I mean, even... When he was healthy, there were times when he looked slightly awkward, looked like he was struggling. Um, I'm just rooting for him to recover as quickly as possible. Tough watch. But there are times when it just looks like it's really a struggle for it's him. It's a tough watch. Yeah. He's a tough watch mm-hmm. right now. And, and, and for the reasons that you laid out, just you, you, you root for him, you hope he's healthy, and you hope that he can, you know, he, he got a, a nice contract uh, in this off season, I think the Warriors were pleasantly surprised at the level by which they could retain his services, but still a nice contract compared to what he had been paid to that point of his career. And, and given some of the injuries that you know made you wonder if, if he could even get to the the, the point that he was at. Uh, but yeah, to see him healthy enough to continue his career, you know, beyond the next couple of years uh, for someone as young as he is, I think that would be you know that. That that's what we're all hoping for. Yeah, and for I know him you, and for the Warriors and, and for everybody. There was a guy in the building tonight. I know you covered him a lot more than 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 I did. I'm not sure I actually covered him at all. But Festus Azili yeah. was in the house tonight. Yeah, and and Kevon Looney just last month turned 24. Wow, 24. 
It's not. I mean, he's not even 28, 27, 28. I mean, he just turned 24 February the 6th. Well, you know, um, and hopefully he fully recovers, but hip surgery, neuropathy, those are things that you tend to associate with older people. So it's one of the reasons why it looks like it's such a struggle for him right now. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, it is Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. We'll come back. We'll hear from Marquise Chris, Kai Bowman, and Eric Paschal as the Kings beat the Warriors tonight, 112-94. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center. Kings 112, Warriors 94. Golden State now 12 and 46. Quick look at the reverse standings, Whitey Gleason, at the close of business for tonight, February the 25th. And the Warriors now five games clear. Got a little cushion there. Yeah. Uh, And four games, uh, so four and a half games clear of the Cavaliers, but five in the loss column now. Uh, The Cavs, the next closest team to the Warriors at 16 and 41. And then uh, you've got... The Minnesota Timberwolves, believe Minnesota it or not. Minnesota in the bottom three, Atlanta out of the bottom three. Yeah, Minnesota is in the bottom three now at 16 and 40, and that makes Atlanta the fourth team at 17 and 42. And then you've got the Knicks and the Pistons beyond that who are in the mix uh, as well. And then there's a little bit more separation before you start getting into teams like Charlotte and the Bulls who are a little bit farther down the line. So it, it looks uh, pretty pretty promising if you are into that sort of thing yeah until you the number, yeah. you know having the best odds until yeah until you as you've done many times you really crunch the numbers and you realize the best you can do is a 14 percent chance that's the best you could do but that's not a, a great percentage yeah so the 14 percent chance right now would be shared by the warriors the Cavs and the Timberwolves, and then the 12.5% chance would be the Hawks, and then it goes down from there. And again, the Warriors, as we always point out, if the Warriors have the worst record in the NBA, which they currently do, they could do no worse than have the fifth pick in the draft uh, that come June. Yeah, you never know. Remember last year, a year ago this time, the Knicks had the worst record. They're thinking, okay, we'll probably win the lottery. We'll get Zion. We'll get Kevin Durant. We'll be in great shape. And none of that worked out. Yeah, none of that happened. Uh, the one thing that we know is going to happen, at least uh, we think is going to happen, though, is Steph Curry's going to be back on Sunday. How about that? Yeah, so two more games to go for the Warriors before the projected now return of Stephen Curry. The Lakers here on Thursday night, and the Warriors go back to Phoenix on Saturday. You know, a college football team, they have their homecoming game, and they kind of handpick an opponent that they figure they're the going to destroy. Did that. Well, I think maybe Steph, to a degree, I mean, if he had that opportunity, he scored in his career twice. He scored 51 against the Wizards, and I think they're the, let's see, I think they're ranked 30th in the NBA in defense. So, hey, that's a fine team to play your first game against. Hey, and don't sleep on those Wizards, though, in the Eastern Conference, just four and a half games out of eight. Okay, but Bradley Beal's on fire. And Bradley Beal's on fire with a couple of 50-point games. Yeah, back-to-back. 
uh, earlier this week, but he probably won't even be. I mean, he probably won't even be playing by that point in time, right? They'll probably by, by Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah? they'll okay. be. I'm, I mean, out, coming out west. I mean, he that, he might be shut down for that game. By he then. might be. He might be. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be if you had to pick right now, Lakers and Bucks in the finals? I do. I do. I think the Lakers are the best team. The Bucks are so good right now in the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah. I think the Bucks. I, I think if you had to say JD Pickett today, and look, the Bucks are fifty and eight. Mm-hmm. They uh, they beat up on Toronto tonight, uh, and Toronto, believe it or not, second in the Eastern Conference currently. Toronto's um, a good team. No, yeah. very good team. But for them to go to second and and. They lost Kawhi Leonard. I know it's the Eastern Conference, although the, the West at the bottom has been just as mediocre, really, as the East. The Raptors have a better record than the Clippers without mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard. Incredible. By three and a half games, they have a better record than the, than the Clippers. Yeah, they've done a great job. They've got a great coach, Kyle Lowry. Uh, I just, I'll never, I'll never forget Kyle Lowry drawing charges, trying to pick up a charge in the All-Star game. And Siakam, of course, has been amazing. But the Clippers, and we've talked about it, they've been a team that they haven't necessarily put their best foot forward game to game as they're trying to make sure their guys are healthy and they figure things out for the postseason. And good luck to them. We'll see how that works out. No, definitely not. But I do think think when it's all said and done, it's probably still going to be an L.A. versus L.A. Western Conference Finals. That would be very exciting. Right now, today, February 25th, Put me down for the Lakers, though, advancing to the NBA Finals. I just want to see him play the Pelicans in the first round. That would be exciting. That would be a that lot would of be fun. a nice little boost for the NBA. It would be a lot of fun with all the players they had go back and forth and Anthony Davis and now them getting Zion Williamson. There's there's no question. And if you're a Warrior fan, oh, who do I root for in the postseason with the Warriors being out of it? You root for whoever is playing the Bucks because Giannis <laughs> and the Bucks are out. Who knows? Giannis made his side. Oh, I don't know if I want to stay here. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of teams maybe that could have some un you know unfriendly endings yeah. to their season. Although I I still think you know now that with Andrew Wiggins in the fold, I mean you never know. But I think the Warriors like what they have in Andrew Wiggins just positionally and having a fit and it just you start to lay out the roster for next year and you can see where guys fit. As much as we're looking forward to Steph coming back, I think Wiggins is probably looking forward to it even more. Yeah, I, I, I think that's absolutely <laughs> true. Uh, having a little bit more space to operate tonight. That you know, you, Boy, the defense tonight for, for the Kings, I mean, they, they did collapse on him when he did try to drive and he was kicking it out. And the, like you said, the Warriors were moving the ball around, but I think when they weren't creating shots, but, yeah. Well, they were creating shots, but when you're missing those shots and the ball's not going in the basket, I think it makes you a little more reluctant to shoot. And when you're one for 17 from three, I think it was just one of those nights where, you know, anybody that's played pickup in their life, right? It, when the shot, if you miss a couple, you're that's a little right. more reluctant to take the next one. And I think as the Coach Gersh said, yeah. That. And then you had the early turnovers. They uh, they dug that hole. They had a really nice third quarter. But uh, otherwise, uh, the Kings this year, and I know the Warriors game to game, they have a different lineup. The Kings against the Warriors, they look like a 50-win team, don't they? No, they, it, it, it's a matchup issue. And, again, the 15 for 79. The Warriors are 15 for 79 in three games. 19%. Three yeah. Against that's Sacramento. inexplicable because Sacramento doesn't defend the three-point line especially well. No, they, they don't. But, uh, again, they're a team that, like many in the Western Conference, is, I mean, they're four and a half out right now. They're still 12th, but they're four and a half out of Memphis with the Blazers, Pelicans, and Spurs uh, in between them. Let's go ahead and hear uh, from a guy who had a very good night tonight. 
uh, 21 points on 8 of 10 shooting. Uh, also 10 boards, Marquise Chris. He met with the media downstairs in the Bill King interview room. Marquise, when the, the threes aren't falling in this kind of game, do you think, okay, this is where I, I play around the rim, this is where I get my bread and butter, this is help out my team? Um, I mean, I think that's just what I'm supposed to do regardless, whether the shots are falling or not. Um, you know, obviously tonight they weren't. And, you know, for us to make, I think, four threes in the whole game, and uh, we could, you know, to that last about three minutes to where they, they pulled away. Um, you know, I think it was really the beginning of the game that it put us in a hole, and it's, it's hard to fight upstream, um, you know, for 48 minutes. So I think we just, if we have a better, you know, the game will end in a different way. Uh, last time's team, you you were getting you were gonna get you got cut by the end of the night. How does it? How do you feel you've come so far since that moment? I mean, ironically, uh, I got waived and traded him in, so um, so much for you know hometown feeling. But I mean, I, I enjoy them. Um, you know, I enjoy playing every game. But you know, playing against a team where I'm from, and um, you know, having people uh, from home watch um, just because of local channel and they can support me. You know, I enjoy it. Um, but I approach it like any other game. You know, I don't really look at it differently just because it's where I'm from. I just go out there and try to do my job to the best of my ability. All right, so Marquise Chris there. Good night for him and a, and a much better night for Marquise Chris tonight than the last time the Warriors took on the Kings. where he And it all worked out for him. But remember, January 6th, after that game, we're doing Warriors wrap-up. And that was the night that that's very surprisingly, he wound up getting waived. Yeah, in Sacramento, right? In Sacramento. Yeah, after the game up there. Yeah, so a revenge game for him tonight and kind of a revenge game for Harrison Barnes as well. Both of them played yeah, well. Yeah, Harrison but. Barnes has, has played pretty well during this this streak, and, and that's actually the one thing, you know, when you look at Sacramento, they uh, are on this stretch of now 9-4 and four in the last 13. I believe they actually had an 8-5 and five stretch in, I want to say, December. End of November, December. Actually, it may have been in November actually but anyway they had another eight and five type stretch where, where they played pretty well and Harrison Barnes was the best player for them during that stretch uh De'Aaron Fox was out during that time actually Marvin Bagley said that's the other common thing that's kind of odd they, right. they they have played a lot better when they haven't had to worry about him they fit better with Heald coming off the bench and they seem to fit better sometimes without Bagley or in the rotation just not playing yeah. because yeah. it's funny because you look at them and if he he has to play five and he's not a rim protector and he's not a defender he's a he's a bad defender uh, he can do some things offensively at the at the five uh, but the the way that he needs the basketball prevents them from shooting threes which they do pretty well if he's playing the five or if he's playing the four uh, but the other thing with with him is just defensively if he's on the court. Then Rashawn Holmes, who's now injured, is not, or Harry Giles is not. Like you take away rim protection, so just defensively you become a sieve with him out there, and it just and he's also he's kind of a hole offensively. He he gets the ball and he's got to go to work, and he just does it in very different ways. So that's actually other the the two stretches that Sacramento has played pretty well over the course of this season. It's been a lot of Harrison Barnes, and it's been on and it's been no Marvin Bagley. Yeah, well, I, you know, looking forward to Steph returning, presumably on Sunday. Looking forward to the Lakers coming in. Not worried about the Warriors against the Lakers because clearly for the Warriors tonight, this was a trap game, right? They've got the Lakers coming in, oh. and so Sacramento. You, know, you kind of overlook Sacramento a little bit because you're getting ready for the Lakers coming in. Well, I think I think that, and I don't remember who the, I don't think who they were playing or anything had anything to do with it. But I just all three of those games to me have felt the same. They've all been flat. 
no, no juice. I mean, the, the energy in the building tonight at tip-off felt a lot like it did, and we commented on it that game. That was, remember, the day that the 49ers lost to the Falcons? Yes, yes. That Sunday afternoon, and everybody was kind of focused on that, and it was an early tip, and it was just that blase Sunday you know, kind of a feeling, and the Warriors went out and scored 79 points, and it was just kind of one of those games, just no, 182, and all three of those games have felt that way, just dead, flat, sloppy at the start, uh, and the Warriors uh, unable to overcome it, but now it's on to the Lakers, and yeah, I think they will have more juice for a nationally televised game against the Lakers, much like they had more juice facing Zion Williamson in here on Sunday. Kai Bowman played pretty well tonight, although he uh, also was in foul trouble as Poole was as they struggled defensively. But Kai Bowman had a nice game, a lot of energy, of course. And Damian Lee had another nice game. Yeah, although Damian Lee missed some shots, I thought, early in the game that if he had knocked him down, maybe it could have led to more momentum. Sure, but he did Um, out. Yeah, you're right. 14 points, uh, six rebounds, and four assists for him, four and nine from the floor, 3 of 7 beyond the arc. But, yes, with this lineup they had tonight, they needed him to make almost everything he took. All right, that's going to do it for us. I want to thank uh, Alex Scott and Cody Pasby back in our San Francisco studios, Jesse Moore uh, and Tim Jordan for setting us up out here at Chase Center for Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. Uh, Keep it locked here to 95.7 The Game. Tomorrow we will be back on Thursday. Whitey, I know you will be back uh, tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Absolutely. With Damon. Uh, with Ratto and Kolsky, and then we're back 6 o'clock Thursday before the Warriors take on the Lakers with Jim Barnett. So that'll do it for us. Fox Sports Radio coming your way next, right here, 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.